we welcome everyone to our service this morning. I'm sure we are all praying that we will be back together soon at 904 Lawrence Avenue. Our city leaders are releasing a stay-at-home order for several establishments as a plan to get back to normal is being made. We the elders are monitoring this matter weekly. We don't want to put anyone at risk for attending large gatherings, nor do we want to get comfortable being apart. Church, we have a savior, a high priest, who understands all of our struggles and challenges. Let's continue to keep the faith. Remember, God is still in charge. Our songs this morning will be Brother Taylor Moore, our scripture in prayer, Brother Danny Gift, communion, Brother William Kentz, our sermon this morning will be delivered by Brother Arnold Spivey, our closing prayer, Brother Taylor Moore. Now our announcements, Brother William Carruthers. Good morning, church. We pray that you and your families are well and ready to worship God in spirit and in truth this morning. Before we begin our service, I have several announcements to share with you at this time. Continue to pray for Brother James Webster and Brother Casey Gore, who are still recovering from illnesses. Sister Robbie Roberts had successful cataract surgery this past week. Our deepest sympathy goes out to Sister Cleo Johnson and Sister Dorothy Porner on the passing of their niece, Brenda Shelton. Also, Sister Darlene Spence's mother, Joanne Waller, passed away. There was a funeral service last Friday at the VA cemetery. Also, sympathies go out to Sister Mary Bond and Brother James White and their families on the passing of their brother, Brother Barney White Jr., who passed away last Saturday in San Antonio, Texas. Funeral services were held on Friday in San Antonio. The White and Bond families wish to thank all of you for your calls, concerns, and prayers. Also, continue to pray for the Otis family. As you know, they lost a family member recently. And continue to pray for all of these, as well as all of our sick and bereaved members and their families. Church, there has been a lot of uh, sickness and death going on amongst our family members. And so we're urging everyone to continue to pray for these individuals as well as their families. The families of our senior graduates would like to thank everyone for their show of love by driving by last week to congratulate them. Again, our congratulations go out to Rekaya and Raquel Compton and Tiandre Holmes, who are our 2020, class of 2020 seniors for this year. It's not too late to get a gift to them. If you're not able to drive by and uh, leave a gift with them, uh, you can still just Send them a gift and a card and uh, just send it in the mail, and I'm sure they will be happy to receive that. We also want to congratulate all of our school-age students who, made, who uh, passed to the next grade. And even though this year, because of the circumstances we're in, we're not able to have our Believe to Achieve program, 
We want to uh, wish all of our school aid students uh, congratulations. And uh, hopefully in the future, we'll be able to recognize you for the great achievements that you've made on this past school year. Even though it was quite different from what you're used to, you're still special. You did great things. And hopefully we'll get a chance to recognize you for those achievements in the very near future. When that time comes, we will make sure everybody knows. If you are still homebound and in need of communion emblems, Brother Ernest Davis uh, can help you out. His number is 615-587-9027. And uh, just give him a call and he'll make sure that you get what you need so that you can be able to take the Lord's Supper on the Lord's Day. Again, this is specifically for those who are homebound. And uh, if you're not homebound, uh, hey, you can get those emblems. Uh, you can get the grape juice at the store. And if you need to get unleavened bread, uh, just get in touch with me. And uh, we still carry that at the bookstore, and I can get that for you if you need it. We're also wanting to keep in front of you uh, the responsibility that we have to the congregation financially. And we're continuing to encourage you to send your collection in to the Lawrence Avenue Church of Christ, Post Office Box 41648, Nashville, Tennessee, 37204. And if you're shut in, homebound, can't get to the mailbox, let one of the leadership know. And we'll make an arrangement to come by your home, pick up your offering, and make sure we get it to Brother Moore. Lastly, we're going to ask everybody to continue to try to stay connected as best you can. Let's make sure that we continue to pray one for another. Let's keep the faith. Let's stay safe and let's stay healthy. And church, this will conclude our announcements for today. By the way, uh, me and Sister Alwanda, uh, by the time you get this announcement, we're in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And so all the announcements that were made this morning, uh, were announcements as of Wednesday. So any announcements that came after Wednesday, we were not able to get them on the announcements for this morning because I had to make sure this was edited so that you could have the podcast available for you this morning, even though we left home on uh, last Thursday morning. Again, continue to keep us in your prayers that we have a safe journey back home. Lord willing, we should be back. Uh, on Monday evening, late Monday evening or Monday night. This time, Brother Trenton Moore will lead us in song as we begin our worship service. Good morning. All right, um, we'll be singing from the red and blue books this morning, and our first song will be page 22. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. We'll be singing all three verses. Let's sing. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. We love you, adore you. We bow down before you. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. Son of God, what a wonder you are. 
Son of God, what a wonder you are. You've cleansed my soul from sin, sent the Spirit within. Son of God, what a wonder you are. Holy Spirit, what a comfort you are. Holy Spirit, what a comfort you are. You lead us, you guide us, you live right inside us. Holy Spirit, what a comfort you are. Our next song will be page 13. He's a wonderful savior to me. We'll be singing the first three verses. All found. Let's sing. I was lost in sin, but Jesus rescued me. He's a wonderful savior to me. I was bound by fear, but Jesus set me free. He's a wonderful Savior to me. For He's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. And I was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. He's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a friend so true, so patient and so kind. He's a wonderful Savior to me. And everything I need in Him I always find. He's a wonderful Savior to me. For He's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. And I was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. He's a wonderful Savior to me. He is always near to comfort and to cheer. He's a wonderful Savior to me. And he forgives my sins, he dries my every tear. He's a wonderful Savior to me, for he's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. Now I was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. He's a wonderful Savior to me. We'll now be led in scripture reading and prayer. Good morning. Scripture reading this morning is coming from John chapter 4, verses 3 through 10. That's John chapter 4, verses 3 through 10. And I will be reading from the King James Version. And it reads, He left you dear and departed again into Galilee. And he must need to go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar 
near the parcel of, of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's will was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, set thus unto the well. And it was about the sixth hour, and he there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me drink. For his disciples had gone away in, unto the city to buy meat. Then the woman of Samaria said, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest me a drink, which I'm a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. May God add a blessing to the reader, hearing and the doing of his word. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, most wise and awesome God, we come to you at this time with bow down heads and humble hearts, thanking you and enable us to see a day, a day which, we're, which you made and which, uh, in which we are glad and rejoicing in. Heavenly Father, I'd like to thank you for our food and clothing and shelter at this time. We'd like to thank you for all the blessings you had bestowed upon us from my early sisters down to present moment time. But most of all, we'd like to thank you for your son who suffered and bled down the cross for the right of the true life, Hand of Father. Hand of Father, I'd like for you to go with the sick and insurance this morning, Hand of Father, at this time. Go with those that may be in breathing at this time, Hand of Father. Uh, continue to be with us as we continue to continue to do your will, Hand of Father. But, uh, but also, we'd like for you to ask for you to Go with us, speak at this time, Heavenly Father. Continue to give him the health and strength, the wisdom and the knowledge that he may proclaim your word in a way, in a fashion that is well-pleasing to you. And also be with us, the hearers. Let us not only just be hearers, Heavenly Father, but doers of your most holy divine word. And that we may be able to take in what the speakers is teaching and, and take it and use it in our lives, Heavenly Father, and maybe able to use it in, to send out to others, others, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, continue to be with us at this time. Continue to be to, with the leaders of this congregation, Heavenly Father. Continue to give them the health and strength that they may continue to lead this congregation in a fashion, in a way that is well-pleasing to you. And also be with the leaders of this, of this country, Heavenly Father. Let can continue to be with them that they may lead this country in a fashion that we Christians that we can may be able to uh, serve you and worship you without fear and trembling, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we'd like to 
I'd like for you to continue to be with us as we're going through this day. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. The next song will be page 68, Psalm 19. We'll be singing all three verses. All found, let's sing. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Oh, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Oh, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are right and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Oh, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Good morning. Thanks be to God for giving us another opportunity to assemble ourselves here this morning for the purpose of worshiping him in spirit and in truth and an opportunity to work out our soul's salvation. I want you to know this morning that during this time of social distancing, God is still as close as ever. And even when other businesses and establishments are closing down, God is still in the business of blessing and saving souls. I want to share a story with you this morning and use it as a segue into our lesson for this morning. My mother's family, they all grew up on a farm. And every year in, in the summer, um, I would go up and spend a couple of days with them. Mind you, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just there to do what I thought was helping out. On one occasion, they, they sent me down to the pump to get some water. And I was pumping and, and pumping and no water. And I looked up at them and while they sat on the porch and they were just laughing and laughing. I continued pumping and, and, and pumping and still no water. They continued to laugh. So I yelled up to them on the porch. I said, is this well dry? And they yelled back, no. To get water out, you got to put water in. So I want to use for a, a topic this morning. Has your well run dry? 
I want to use John chapter 4 as a backdrop for this morning's lesson. And it deals with the story of the woman at the well. And while the story of the woman at the well is familiar to most, I'd like to tell it again this morning in a way that, that may surprise you. And my hope is that it'll speak to you in a, in a fresh, in a, in a new way, and it will motivate us to keep evangelizing, even during these times of stay at home. The way it's commonly told, the story goes like this. Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well and asks her for a drink of water. They talk. In the process, she confesses to having been married five times and is presently living out of wedlock. He confronts her sinfulness. She recognizes him as the Christ, repents, and rushes off to tell others, shouting, come, see a man who told me everything I have ever done. Now that's the literal understanding of the text. There's also a figurative understanding lying just below the surface. It draws on the power of symbolism. It's John's way of proclaiming the gospel to those who have ears to hear and eyes to see Jesus as the Lord and Savior. The story begins in verse 3, and if you would turn there with me. Verse 3 says, now Jesus left Judea and departed into Galilee, for he needed to pass through Samaria. Now, that term needed, I want to let you know right now, it, 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 it denotes that he had a purpose for going that way. When you get into it and you begin to do some studying, you would see that actually there are two ways to get from Judea to Galilee. One takes you up the Jordan River Valley that's soft and flat. The other takes you through Samaria. It's rocky and mountainous. In other words, Jesus took the road less traveled because he was on a mission. The Bible goes on to say he, he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar. It was near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Sechar was the site of Jacob's well. And in the Old Testament, this was where Jacob first met Rachel. And it was love at first sight. That's back in Genesis chapter 29. Now, this is our first clue as to what this story is really about. Back when Jacob first met Rachel, the Jews and the Samaritans were one people. They shared a common faith, a common heritage, and a common devotion to Yahweh. It was back in the days before they went their separate ways, pointing their fingers at each other and accusing each other of infidelity. So, in essence, Jesus came back to where it all started. Like his forefather, Jacob, he, he came with a proposal in hand but not a marriage proposal. His proposal had to do with reconciliation, for this was 
his mission as it is our mission today because we have been commanded to go. Christ's mission was to reconcile the world to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and, and verse 19, and here the Bible states that is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. See, in order to do that, he first had to reconcile the Jews and the Samaritans. That's what this story is all about. For John says, now, Jacob's well was there. It was like a, a movie prop. Now, Jesus, therefore, being tired from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. In other words, it was high noon. It was the heat of the day. Noontime is that time of day when the sun is high overhead. It's the brightest part of the day. And John would have us to know that it's a moment for Christ the sun to shine as well. It was also the part of day when you weren't likely to find many women at the well. Women drew their water in the cool of the morning or late afternoon. It took a strong woman to draw her water in the heat of the day. An independent woman with a mind of her own, a woman like Rachel, who, if you remember, also came to the well at the high noon of the day when she met Jacob. Once again, in Genesis chapter 29 and verse 7. Now, none of this that we've read about so far was by accident or coincidence. It was a plan with a purpose. Jesus was sitting at the well when the woman arrived, and he got right to the point. He said, give me a drink. Now, sure, it was, it was noon, and sure, he was hot, and, and he was thirsty, but that's all beside the point. The point is that, G that Jews and Samaritans didn't mix. They didn't drink from the same cup. They didn't commune with each other as brothers and sisters of a common faith. So, so Jesus here begins to push the envelope. The Samaritan woman therefore said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And it should be obvious that Christ here is not talking about water. He's talking about life. He's talking about life and all of its abundance. He's talking about eternal life. He's talking about that new creation. But like Nicodemus, the woman didn't get it. It sailed right over her head. For she said, sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. 
So where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us the well and drank of it himself, as did his children and his livestock? Now, here's another clue, church. Both Jews and Samaritans claimed Jacob as one of the patriarchs. Now, they they shared a common history, and you would think that that would have held them together, but it didn't. So now Jesus said, now everyone who drinks of this water, it being physical water, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water, that spiritual water that I will give him, will never thirst again. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. So I ask you again, has your well run dry? Again, see, she didn't get it. She said, now, sir, give me this water so I don't get thirsty again, neither come all the way here to draw. Now, it was becoming a matter of convenience to her now. Like so many of of us when it comes to Christianity, Christianity becomes a matter of convenience. We want to drink the water, but we don't want to prime the pump. Now, another clue is embedded here in the language. Brother William, quite frankly, uh, talks about sometimes the context and us doing a a word study. And here is an appropriate place to do a a word study. Now, the same Greek word for sir is kurios. It's also the word for Lord. It's also the same word for husband. And that's where this conversation now is going. Jesus said, go. Call your husband and come here. To which the woman replied, I have no husband. Which is the same as saying, I have no Lord. So now Jesus said, you said, well, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And he whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. To which the woman replied, I perceive that you are a prophet. Now, at this point, John is assuming that we know the background. And here is some of the background. Back in the days of Hosea, the Samaritans had abandoned the faith. Scripture says that they went out to false gods and they forsook all the commandments of Yahweh. You can read about this in 2 Kings chapter 17. And because of this, they fell into the hands of of Assyria. And the king of Assyria brought in peoples from five different regions to occupy Samaria. They, in turn, bought their own gods and built shrines for them. Here again in 2 Kings chapter 17. Now, the Samaritans began worshiping these false gods, and they drifted further and further away from the one true God. So to put it this way, Jesus isn't confronting the woman's adultery. 
He's confronting the Samaritan's idolatry. He's not asking her, who have you been sleeping with, but to whom do you pledge your allegiance? Now we see this is brought out in the next verse that follows. For the woman said, now our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Now, here's the missing piece of the puzzle again. Back when the Jews and Samaritans went their separate ways, they established their own centers of worship. The sacred mountain for the Samaritans was was Mount Gerizim. The sacred mountain for the Jews was Mount Zion. And the Jews and the Samaritans were to be reconciled. If they were to be reconciled, one would have to come over to the other's place of worship. Now, this is why the woman responds as she does when she says, Are you asking me to forsake my fathers and come over to Mount Zion? And now you would think that Jesus would have said, Yes, that's precisely what I have in mind. But that's not what Jesus said. And here is one of the key verses. He says, woman, believe me, the hour comes when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship that which you do not know. We worship that which we know for salvation is from the Jews, but the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. But now the woman still didn't get it, for her response is, I know the Messiah comes, he who is called Christ. Now, when he has come, He will declare to us all things. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who speaks to you. Now, the woman left her jar and she ran into town shouting, come, see a man who told me everything that I did. Can this be the Christ? And now, church, I got to throw this in right here. If you want to run and tell something, Run and tell someone about Jesus. During this time of of staying at home, don't use your phone for gossip. Use it to spread the gospel. Now, at this point in the story, there is a break as Jesus begins to confer with his disciples. In the meantime, the woman goes back to the village and she tells everyone she meets what's happened. Now, I want you to watch this. As a result, John says, now, from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman. So what we see here is the seed being planted, watered, and God giving the increase. They not only took her at her word, they followed her back to the well. For John says, now, so when the Samaritans came to him, they begged him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days. Now, many more believed of his word. They said to the woman, now we believe. 
not because of your speaking, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. See, church, all we need to do sometimes is just lead them to Jesus, and he'll do the rest. Now, two points need to be made here. The first is this. Once the woman recognized Jesus as the Christ, she ran to tell others. It was such an amazing experience that what she couldn't keep it to herself. Sometimes we sing an old camp song here that goes, that's how it is with God's love. And once you've experienced it, you spread his love to everyone. You want to pass it on. What about us? Do we pass it on or have our well run dry? The woman told the others what she'd seen and, and heard, and because of her testimony, others accepted Jesus as the Christ. But they were not content simply to know about Jesus. They wanted to know him firsthand. Now, this leads to the second point. They came to the well to see for themselves. For the world, church, we become that well. We become a place where they can come and, and meet Jesus. So it's imperative that we don't let our wells run dry. And once they had their own encounter with Christ, it was no longer a matter of what the woman had told them. For they said, we have heard for ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Both sides of the coin are important. So now, how are you going to know that Jesus is the Christ unless someone tells you? Yet simply adopting the faith of another is not enough. You'll never know the joy of this abundant life that Jesus promises until you experience him for yourself. And there's only one way that that's possible, and that is you have to go through Christ, and that is to be in Christ, a member of the body of Christ. To do that, you have to obey God's plan of salvation, in which you have to hear the word, believe what you've heard, repent of your sins, Confess Christ as being the son of the true and living God and then be baptized for the remission of those sins and then live faithful unto death. Until we meet again, God bless. Right, we want to thank Brother Spivey for that message. At this time, we have reached a moment of our service where we remember the death, the burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.
Let us know it's page 62 at the top of the hill. We'll be singing the first verse. All found, let's sing. I have read of a place on the mountain many strangers have journeyed to see. And they say there's a life-giving fountain flowing from a place called Calvary. It was there they took one who was holy, so compassionate, tender, and true. While the angels and seraphim holy watch the scene from the heavenly blue at the top of the hill where they carry the old rugged cross at the top of the hill. It was Jesus who bore all our loss at the top of the hill. Let me kneel down and thank him once more for the blood he spilled when alone all my sorrows he bore. Please turn with me to 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 28 through 32. 1 Corinthians 11, 28 through 32. The King James Version of the Bible reads, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the word. Now Matthew 26, verses 26 through 29. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many, for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Let us pray for the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Almighty Father, 
we come to you in humble submission, Father, thanking you for your gift, the gift of your son, of your son's body, and the blood he shed. We thank you for this, and we pray that each person takes these emblems with clean hands and pure heart. In Christ Jesus, we offer up this prayer. Amen. At this time, please take the bread. At this time, now please take the cup. Verse 30 reads, And when they had sung an hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. This concludes this portion of our service. Let's bring our service to a close. Let's now notice page 846 out of the Praise for the Lord songbook. We'll be singing it twice. Beloved, let's love one another. All found, let's sing. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He who loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, First John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He who loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. First John 4, 7 and 8. Let's all pray. Our Father, draw in heaven, we come to you, Father, saying thank you. Thank you for everything that you have given to us, Father. We thank you for making the greatest sacrifice, Father, by sending your son on the cross for our sins, Father, and for that we say thank you. Father, thank you for the method, Father, that we have for us to carry on this worship service, Father. We thank you for the singing, Father. We thank you for the reading of scriptures, the praying, the uh, preaching, Father, our brother Spavi, Father, and we just pray that everything has been done decently and in order. Father, we're praying, Father, that we're praying, Father, that we won't let our will get dry, Father. Father, we're just praying that we will maintain our zeal, to maintain the right motivation to fulfill your will, Father. Father, we pray that we will continue to be positive, optimistic during this time. Father, and we just pray for each one of us individually too, Father, that we will make sure that we do our part and that we will uh, take this time seriously, Father, 
and uh, that we will just be more dedicated to doing your will. Father, please watch over us Father, throughout this week, Father, that we will maintain the right safety precautions, Father, and that we will study our scriptures, Father, and that we will just make sure that we trust in you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.